Often described as a global leader in the future of mobility, the island state of Singapore boasts one of the world's most robust public transport systems. According to Deloitte's City Mobility Index 2020, good vision and investments are amongst the many strengths that drive Singapore towards being a global leader in the future of mobility. An example of that vision is the Land Transport Master Plan 2040, which aims to promote active mobility, eco-friendly vehicles and optimise land transport through technology. As the city-state strives towards creating an even smarter and more inclusive public transport system, funding and investments are amongst the many factors that will advance this vision. Today, we will discuss the drivers behind Singapore and its promising transport system. Hi everyone, welcome to another edition of our Future Mobility series, bringing you the top voices from the sector. Decision makers, innovators and shapers pushing the envelope on future ideas for transportation and beyond. I'm your host Deshraf and today we're joined by Daniel Chow, Vice President at Comfort Dalgo Ventures, Gilad Shea, Head of Legal at Gobel Investments and Axel Tan, General Manager at SMRT Ventures. Daniel Gilad and Axel, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Sharon, for inviting us. Thank you, Sharon, for being here. Yeah, thanks, Deshra, and to the Deloitte team for having us today. Very excited. That's great. Now, Daniel, I'd like to start off with you. As the Vice President in Comfort Delgro Ventures, what is the vision of the fund and how do you think new ventures can contribute to the future of mobility in Singapore? Sure, thanks, Deshra. Yeah, happy to kick things off. Right, maybe I can start with giving a quick overview about Comfort Delgro. So Comfort Delgro operates in seven markets worldwide, including Singapore which contributes 60% of our business, and the remaining 40% are from markets such as Australia, UK, and China. We're the largest public bus operator in Australia, London, and Singapore, and we have nine joint ventures in China. At Comfortable Ventures, we believe in finding and supporting the best teams and businesses across the world that are using technology to help reinvent the future of mobility. We do this primarily in three ways. Number one, in global innovation, we conduct pilot trials and POCs, and our goal is to work with the best teams to try out new technologies that could awaken innovation across our operating markets around the world. Number two, we form strategic partnerships. We actively support tech startups with strategic access to corporate assets and data to enable mutually beneficial partnerships between our business operations and the startups and jointly solve mobility challenges. Number three, we invest. We actively invest in best-of-class tech startups that are reinventing the future of mobility together with ComfortDelGro and help them bring new ideas and businesses to life. Okay, and Gilad, as the head of legal for the corporate venture capital arm of the GoBell Group, could you tell us more about your organization and what role do you see it playing in supporting the local ecosystem, especially through mobility initiatives and technologies? Thank you for the question, Eddie Sharf. So I will just share a few words about GoBell. So GoBell is unlike Confidelbo, we are coming from the leasing and distribution and rental side. We are a market leader in Singapore. So we're in business for the past 40 years. 
And uh, about three years ago, as part of the whole vision of the group, uh, entering into what we call new mobility, we established a, a new division called uh, Future Mobility. And the investment arm is one of the pillars in Future Mobility, other than the investment side. As you mentioned, I'm the head of legal, but I'm also a partner and member of the investment committee. We're also doing integration of new technologies within a core business, meaning trying to find new technologies, whether through the startup to invest in or through uh, other technology companies that we find and, and try to integrate the technology into our core business and maybe spin off a new business. We are doing venture building, so we are spinning off new technology companies. So we got two of them, one in the transportation business, they're doing on-demand services for buses, another one in the autonomous side, doing a conversion of autonomous forklift and other warehousing equipment into coming autonomous. Other than that, we also got our corporate accelerator, MoveSG, where we basically try to facilitate collaboration either between ourselves as a group, we got many interests, and also with corporate partners, by the way, both SMRT and Confidelgo are two of our uh, corporate partners, and then that we got also. So in our vision, the entire mobility business is going to be disrupted. Actually, it's already in the brink of disruption. Singapore is one of the main pillars for future mobility globally, and we can see it. I mean, we, we can see Hyundai, uh, we can see Continental operating here, and, and we know of at least another two OEMs uh, uh, coming into the, the Singapore market. And as such, our global group decided as a strategic move, we don't want only to tap into this ecosystem, but we want also to be one of the builders of the mobility ecosystem, which is also going to be probably one of the most important ecosystems in Southeast Asia and probably also globally. And Axel, what role does SMRT see itself playing in realizing the vision set in the Land Transport Master Plan 2040? And if I may expand, what transformation is needed from the state of operations today? Thanks, Ishraf. Well, I must say that having read the master plan, uh, it largely talks about how transport can be more connected and more inclusive. And for the typical Singaporean who commutes to work daily, it's hard not to come across SMRT in the large part because our business is quite diversified. You would typically commute by rail or a combination of rail and bus or just bus. And in many of those, you'll find yourself taking an SMRT mode of transport. So given that we are in a way quite intertwined with the commuters' daily lives, uh, I do think that we have a role to play in this transformation as well to make it more connected and inclusive. Not to oversimplify it, but I think one of the main transformations that needs to happen is digitalization of all the different touch points and services. And you know, it may sound too simplified, but digitalization will involve not just from the commuter's perspective, but also from the worker's perspective, right? Even in say how we do maintenance, how we take in more data points. So for SMRT Ventures, we have been looking across SMRT's business units, whether it's commuter facing, right? In terms of interacting with different transport modes, how seamless it can be. Also maintenance, how can we adopt some new technologies in maintenance? using big data, data analytics, and even to operations where there are startups out there that are helping you do optimization of routes. So we see SMRT's role as involving our different stakeholders and startup partnerships are, are one big piece of this digital transformation that we can basically play a role in. Now, building on the vision shared in the Land Transport Master Plan 2040, much have been said about the future of mobility in Singapore and what it promises. So, in one sentence, can we unpack the term future of mobility and understand what it means for each of you? 
Perhaps we'll start off with you first, Daniel. Sure, Dishra. Yes. For me and for many of my colleagues also at ComfortDelGro, when we think about the future of mobility, it really is about how the daily commute, which Axel mentions, right, commuters, right, who use uh, public transportation networks daily or on a very frequent basis, right, how the daily commute from point A to point B could be reimagined with new ways of doing things that enable public transport operators such as ComfortDelGro to strike the right balance between safety, speed, and convenience. Okay, and Gilad, what about you? Well, for us, when we look at the future mobility, so the way that we look at it is the same as the telco industry about 20 years ago. When somebody told you about mobile phone, what you thought about is basically a device that allows you to work with it and communicate remotely. It's transformed into an entire industry that communication service becoming to be a sideline, but rather a whole ecosystem evolved around it and our mobile phone became actually a mini computer or even in some cases, stronger computer, not necessarily related to a direct communication with one another. Same is also happening to the mobility industry, which means that many of the traditional distinctions that we saw between car manufacturers, car rental companies, public transport operators, and even telcos are vanishing. So the way to look at future mobility, it's basically not only mobility. Mobility is, is the facilitator of this disruption. For example, the car can become your personal clinic can examine you and make sure that you're in good health. And this is how we look at the future movie. That's great. And Axel, what about you? Well, coming from the perspective of uh, an operator and a service provider, uh, I think that the future of mobility will be one that will be a lot more seamless as soon as we allow innovation and digitalization to break down the barriers in, say, payments and, uh, you know, remove the friction in terms of how we consume mobility services. Uh, but also, I think the future of mobility will be a lot safer, especially when autonomous technologies come in, um, rather than look at it from the point of view of, you know, just having a driverless car. I think the ability to standardize the approach to operations will actually make it a lot safer for a lot of us. Okay, and speaking about all of these points that all of you brought up on the future of mobility, what are some of the technologies or solutions that the three of you foresee being introduced that can help establish significant progress for the future of mobility in Singapore? Axel, maybe we'll get you to weigh in on this first. You mentioned about autonomous vehicles. So maybe can you expand on that? Mm, yeah, um, well, I, I cannot say for sure whether I know what will be introduced uh, because... You know, it, it depends a lot of, on uh, the, in the, basically the regulator and uh, the ministries that are managing this part of the strategic planning. Um, but from what I see in, say, the startup landscape, the innovation landscape, I think connected vehicles and infrastructure uh, will be one of the key levers for us to really bring our mobility into a more advanced state in Singapore. And Daniel, what about you? Well, we believe that autonomous technologies are the holy grail for the future of mobility in Singapore. And many skeptics think that it is too far away, but our read is that we are close to the inflection point of the S-curve and are likely to see mass adoption sooner than later. So as a public transport operator, Confidogro wants to make sure they're well, well prepared and ready to adopt autonomous technology when the tide hits. And Gilad, do you have anything else to add? What kind of technologies or solutions do you think 
will be introduced to help establish significant progress for the future of mobility in Singapore. So as in the Singapore context, it's a bit different than in other places around the world, just because the infrastructure in Singapore is much more advanced than in other places. It's uh, the ability to execute new projects in Singapore is much better than in most of the world. So I would say that when you look at the future mobility in Singapore, it's divided to the short term and the long term. So in the short term, what you're going to see, and you're already seeing it, it's adoption of connected vehicles, mainly electric vehicles and charging stations, charging infrastructure. Singapore is probably going to be one of the best adopters of this kind of technology. And then from the long run, obviously, we got the autonomous vehicles, autonomous shuttles, autonomous uh, public transportation to a certain extent is already in Singapore. I mean, if you look at the MRT lines, for example, some of them are driverless. So moving forward, for sure, Singapore is going to be one of the early adopters of autonomous technology. And Gilad, I wanted to expand and pick up on some of the points that you mentioned. According to Deloitte City Mobility Index 2020, Singapore is seen as a benchmark in urban mobility by many cities around the world. The time spent getting caught in traffic congestion alone is considerably lower in Singapore than in other cities. So how do you think Singapore has managed to maintain high standards for the mobility of people and goods? Well, Singapore did it in mobility the same as it did with uh, many, many other types of infrastructure. Long-term planning, great execution, uh, bringing the brightest minds, sing and plan how exactly it's going to look like. And this is something that, uh, you know, I mean, I'm coming from Israel. Yeah? So for my home country, I, I can really appreciate what I see in Singapore. Many of the things that uh, in, in Israel or in other places they're talking about that's going to happen in the future in Singapore, they're already happening now. I mean, you can see it with the deployment of electric charging stations. You can see it with the infrastructure for autonomous vehicles that is in place. The regulation that Singapore was the first one to introduce regulation, really detailed and structured regulation for autonomous vehicles. These are things that are going to put Singapore well ahead of, of most, if not all cities uh, around the globe. And speaking of benchmark and standards as well, as major transport operators in Singapore, Daniel and Axel, I wanted to hear your thoughts on what do you think are the potential challenges that will arise in the next decade, especially in terms of planning and transportation management? Daniel? Vishraf, the public transport system and infrastructure in Singapore has erstwhile been geared towards maximizing efficiency and throughput in terms of being able to carry as many people as possible to their intended destination. However, there has been a dramatic shift in travel patterns in recent months. So the challenge will now be enabled to sustainably operate a public transport network with reduced ridership and changing peak throw patterns. There is also a distinct shift in the way commuters are approaching first and last mile connectivity. And in particular, cycling will likely need to be integrated into public transport network planning as a primary mode of transport going forward. I think there will be more and more people who will choose to cycle to the nearest transport node to transfer to a bus or train, or even cycle through to their end destination and use bus or train on an intermittent basis instead of on a daily basis. And Axel, what are your thoughts on this? Mm, I have to think of uh, the, the transformation and the shift to more green and sustainable vehicles. Um, and some of the potential challenges that operators will face uh, will be in how to manage it from an operational standpoint right, in a sustainable manner, meaning being able to, to keep your vehicles running and provide the service and generate revenue and minimize costs as we transition from uh, you know, the vehicles of today, which are more 
traditional to those in future that will be more electric. I think that will be one of the challenges, especially when it comes to providing the right infrastructure to enable such operations. And on that note, given some of the uh, discussions that we've had earlier, we understand as well from Gillard as well as Daniel earlier that ComfortDelgo and GoBell operates in international markets all around the world, right? Such as London and Israel. So I actually wanted to ask Daniel and Gillard, what do you think are some of the key learnings that should be integrated into our local mobility landscape so as to advance Singapore's positioning as a global leader in the future of mobility? Gilad, maybe we'll get you to share your experience first. Well, first of all, I think that in many cases, fortunately, most of the world can learn from Singapore how to adopt future mobility. But if we dip into the startup scene in Singapore, so obviously, when we look at the startup scene in Singapore in comparisons, let's say to, to Israel or, or Silicon Valley or even Germany, we see that the, right now Singapore is a bit backlogging behind the other players. However, what we do see is that the gap is being minimized very rapidly. And I will not be surprised if two to three years from now can actually compare uh, Apple to Apple between Singapore and, and the best uh, mobility ecosystems uh, globally. Now, the, the government is doing uh, many, many good things. I mean, by the fact that it, it is able to bring major mobility players into the market to start working with the local ecosystem. And what I assume that we're going to see is that many of the strength that Singapore already has, whether it's AI or big data analytics, uh, being plugged or diverted into mobility ecosystem. So this will happen. Obviously, Singapore can learn from uh, the experiences of similar depth of technology like Israel and, and the US or also in Germany. I think they're already doing it. So I'm quite optimistic that uh, in, I would say, two to three years' time, not too long from now, we're going to see a flourishing tech ecosystem around many of the OEMs and the one companies uh, coming to Singapore. Uh, Daniel, what are some of the learnings from ComfortDelgro that uh, can actually be uh, integrated into local mobility landscape? Sure, Dishraf. Uh, I would echo a lot of what Gila has said, right? Um, but I would add on also an added dimension for people to think about timeframes, right? Uh, it's easy to think about what has happened in the last three years or five years. But if you kind of pull back the time horizon even more and think about what has happened in the Singapore mobility industry in the last 20 or 30 years, I think the mobility industry in Singapore has been very, very welcoming of international market practices and some of the best practices that you see today in the local mobility landscape were learned or imported from external markets. The various business units in ComfortDelgro in particular have been early adopters of fleet management, operations management and payment technology from Canada, Germany, Japan and the UK and our various taxi, bus and rail businesses worldwide. More recently, we are also starting to explore emerging technologies from Israel and China in our core business. That's great to hear. And uh, we're definitely really excited so, to see what ComfortDelgro has planned uh, in the future as well. But uh, now I'd like to move the conversation forward. Speaking about the Singapore mobility investment space, we know it's been thriving and uh, excel. We understand that SMRT has a corporate venture arm, SMRT Ventures, which invests in early stage startups to pilot technologies and business models for urban transportation. So what are some considerations that you look out for when evaluating potential investment in a startup? Thank you, Sam. That's a good question. Um, and I get asked that quite often, actually. I guess for us, when, we, when we're looking into innovation in urban transportation, uh, one of the main considerations is how disruptive 
the idea that the startup has or is pursuing and um, whether it really improves transportation in a meaningful way. Um, another consideration we have is also whether SMRT as an organization or our business units can actually provide some kind of value add to the startup as a strategic investor. So we will look into opportunities for either adoption of their technology or for us to work together with the startup on a pilot, say to pursue a new business model together. Um, but we also have some of the standard considerations that I think most VCs would have in terms of their traction and their business model. And uh, we, we keep those considerations there because we think it's important that there is some uh, rigor and basis to us looking into investing in these startups. All right. Okay. And similarly, Daniel, we understand that Comfort Delgro Ventures has dedicated a funding of 100 million US dollars to invest in startups. So besides funding, can you elaborate on the support that Comfort Delgro provides to startups that they invest in? Oh, Dishraf, Comfort Delgro Ventures falls in the type of CVCs, which only invest in startups when there's a strategic collaboration between a startup and our business units. Working with startups help our business units to either plug technology gaps or discover new business models. For the startups, especially the early stage ones, this strategic collaboration is often a critical hand-holding process that enables them to develop processes and capabilities to work with large corporates at scale up. And Gilad, moving to you, you mentioned earlier about Move.sg, one of Gobel's accelerator programs, which also invests in high potential early stage startups. So can you share the focus areas of some of the startups in your portfolio and the markets that they are functioning in? First of all, I would just want to clarify, we got a, a MoveSG, which is the acceleration program that, as I mentioned, we are running inside Global, but we got a very strong corporate partners that work with us to support the startups. So this is from one side. They Actually, the investment side for Global Group is being done through Global Investments, which is a CVC arm. So basically, the companies that participate in the accelerator, that can see the potential in these companies, then the VC arm will look at these companies and consider whether or not to invest. So unlike Comfort and SMRT, on our side, when we're looking from the investment angle, we don't necessarily look for uh, immediate collaboration. So we look from a very broad perspective on technologies, actually also on mobility side, we look very broadly. And if you look specifically at the MoveSG, so in MoveSG, what we are doing is either trying to form collaboration with our own core business, leasing, rental, and, and distribution of commercial and industrial vehicles. And also for our corporate partners, our corporate partners are coming from very large companies like Shell, like Continental. They got very, very uh, wide interest. So you can see companies uh, doing data analytics, cybersecurity, logistics, basically all across the board. We've got uh, uh, 16 companies currently uh, participating in our program. So uh, uh, the areas in which uh, their focus is very, very wide. Almost every kind of vertical that you can think of uh, when it's come to mobility, you will see uh, participating in, in our program. And if you're looking at their investment portfolio, uh, which we, where we got 17 companies globally, uh, you will also discover that some of the companies are dealing with autonomous technologies, others are dealing with big data analytics, cybersecurity for IoT devices. So it's a very, very, very wide spectrum of areas that we are looking at. Thanks, Gilad. And now with all these discussions around investment, I wanted to hear from the three of you, based on the startups that you have invested in Southeast Asia and other parts of the world as well, can you share experiences or even tips in terms of successful implementations 
For our listeners who are budding mobility entrepreneurs looking to start new ventures in the region, maybe we'll start off with you first, Daniel. The best advice I can share with entrepreneurs is to make sure that you don't develop your products and services in isolation. Technology cycles are short and whatever you're developing could be redundant very quickly. The best way to make sure your product is relevant is to constantly talk to your customers, involve them as early as possible in your product development process, and make sure that you're solving a real and genuine pain point for them. That will ensure that you're able to engage your customers as early as possible and convert them into paying customers, which really is the whole point of doing a startup at the end of the day. Otherwise, you just end up being an R&D experiment. This is true regardless of where in the world you are, be it in Southeast Asia or elsewhere. And Gilad, what about you? Well, first, uh, obviously, uh, I couldn't agree more with, uh, with Daniel. I mean, no, knowing your market, knowing your clients, it's, it's a big thing. But if we go a bit uh, earlier, when you start your company, one of the things that uh, I'm also trying to, to, to push here to, to startups in Singapore is to make them understand that when we are saying mobility, it's not only vehicles, it's not only about transforming goods from one place to the other. Uh, if you got an idea for cybersecurity, so yeah, so definitely uh, the mobility market can be a huge market for you. This is a, a multi-trillion dollar market, which is vote for disruption. You look at the, uh, the investment scenes globally, so you will actually discover that most of the investments and, and M&As, I mean buyouts of the companies globally, are not coming from the traditional mobility players, but actually from the giants uh, like uh, Intel and Google and Apple, Amazon. I mean, those, you don't necessarily think, uh, first think about them as, as the mobility players, but they are the future of mobility. So this is one key point. When you look at mobility, understand that it's much more than uh, vehicles and definitely look at it as a market that you need to focus on. So this is, this is one point. Another point is be flexible. Know your clients, know your, your competitors, but also be ready that these black swans, as we see right now with the COVID-19, can happen. And they're happening all the time. They're coming in cycles. We never know when they're going to come. We never know the, the, how they're going to come. But you as the CEO, as, as the founder or the group of founders of, uh, of a startup, you need to be flexible enough to understand that once you encounter this kind of an issue, try to pivot. Try to walk around it and find a solution. Thanks, Gilad. That was really helpful. And Exo, uh, anything else to add? I will just add that uh, given that mobility is you know, such an important space, impacts a lot of people's lives and it's also something that you know, a lot of governments place as important priority for city development. Uh, any startup looking to, to work in the mobility space, it's important to know the local regulations, also align yourself with the requirements of the particular to that, that region or country you're entering. So, you know, there will be countries where, you know, regulation is very strong, then uh, the strategy needs to be different. You know, in countries where, say, they are a bit more open, uh, then maybe the focus will be more about uh, partnerships and how to implement it quicker for uh, customers. Thanks, Axel. Now, I want to bring back the conversation to Singapore. And we understand right now that SMRT Corporation and SBS Transit are working with the local authorities to run an open innovation program called the Singapore Mobility Challenge. So for our listeners who are not familiar, Daniel and Axel, can you share the objectives of the challenge and how we can elevate the local mobility landscape in the long run? Daniel, maybe we'll get you to weigh in on this first. 
The Singapore Mobility Challenge is organized by the Land Transport Authority of Singapore, our sister company SPS Transit, and our friends over at SMRT Corporation. It is supported by Enterprise Singapore. The key objective of the Singapore Mobility Challenge is to let startups know that the public transport industry in Singapore is open to innovation and new ways of doing things, and that we are razor-sharp focused on enabling the best possible public transportation experience for commuters in Singapore. We have come to realize that the pool of startups who are developing products specifically for the public transportation industry are few and far between. So the challenge aims to attract startups who are developing horizontal technologies that can be applied across multiple industries, and also startups to discover through our challenge statements that their products which may have been developed for another industry, could find a use case in public transport. Daniel, thanks for that. And Axel, do you have anything else to add? No, I think uh, Daniel has covered it really well. Uh, but really, it's just about getting the problem statements out to the innovators who would have good ideas that we want to bring into the system. Okay, perfect. And uh, I wanted to uh, expand on that question as well. And I wanted to ask Daniel, can you briefly share the innovations and technologies that have been proposed by the finalists? Sure, Dishra. Our sister company, SBS Transit, has selected a number of finalists for developing exciting solutions in AI and computer vision. We have started POCs with these finalists and we'll be happy to share more details in the coming weeks. We have a couple of 10-pole events upcoming in December, namely a panel discussion involving our senior management and the challenge demo day. So do continue to watch this space. Well, that's something that we're definitely looking forward to hearing more of and following through. But right now, I wanted to bring up the topic of the COVID-19 pandemic, something that all of us have personally experienced. So, we've seen the COVID-19 pandemic accelerating the adoption of new technologies by organisations to remain relevant and competitive. I wanted to hear from the three of you on how your organisations or the portfolio of companies you are working with are dealing with the pandemic and adapting to bounce back stronger. Gilad, maybe you can weigh in on this first? Well, I would say from the organization level, obviously, well, one of the things that we are pushed to do is basically to, to move online. I mean, I mean, many many of the face-to-face -face, uh, meetings and, and, and sales that uh, we used to do with clients, we realized that we have to, uh, to move online. We are starting to implement these kind of uh, technologies all across the board in our various business units. I mean, some of them are going to be announced very soon. But uh, this is a move that, if to be honest... Uh, we already started before the pandemic, but I would say that the pandemic definitely accelerated a few of the to implement within the group uh, on, on the corporate side. From the portfolio side, I mean, I would say uh, we saw like the natural selection, meaning this pandemic came so quickly, so surprisingly, so many unknowns, kind of distinguished between the strong one to the weak one, those who, who planned ahead, those who are flexible. And whatever you planned before, whatever you, you thought that you are going to do before, uh, you have to put it aside, you know, rain check it to, to a later stage, but understand that you still need to keep running the business and keep, you know, uh, being relevant. Uh, those who you say that are flourishing, I mean, uh, luckily for us, I would say that uh, most of our portfolio was able to, to actually do this pivoting and, and we are very happy about it. Uh, that's great. Thanks a lot, Gilad. And Daniel, what about you? What have you experienced and what have you witnessed uh, with your organization or the portfolio of companies that you are working with right now? Right. I will speak about one of our portfolio companies, 
which is involved in providing autonomous vehicle testing software to major OEMs and AV tech developers in the US, Europe, and Japan. COVID has definitely impacted their customers' appetite to test AVs in the same timing and cadence as before. But what they are also realizing in recent months is that there are more and more customers who are focusing on software testing of AVs by running computer simulations that enable them to efficiently test millions of traffic scenarios in a short amount of time and less towards mouse-based on-road physical testing of AVs, which is more time-consuming and requires a higher degree of human interaction and involvement. Both have their pros and cons, but obviously a software testing approach yields more robust and comprehensive results. So the company actually hasn't seen much change in their business growth apart from a short blip at the onset of COVID-19, and they have grown from strength to strength in the past few months. Thanks a lot, Daniel. And uh, Axel, what about you? What have your organization, I know you mentioned earlier about how SMRT you know, has a lot of touch point with commuters uh, who you know travel to work and travel for leisure as well. So what have you experienced having to deal with the pandemic with your organization as well as your portfolio of companies? Yeah, um, good question, Dishraf. Um, you know, although I do not have a lot of experience in frontline operations, uh, I can definitely say that um, it has required a lot more management to ensure safe distancing, to, to look at how the crowd can be you know, managed better, um, to step up the cleaning frequencies in the stations and the trains. Um, a lot of that, I, I do see startups that are not in my portfolio who are coming up with, say, robotic cleaning devices, uh, new innovations around helping to either amplify manpower or to provide a higher standard of uh, disinfection. In the portfolio of companies, I think one of the major shifts that this COVID-19 has, you know, basically put all of us into this idea of not being able to physically meet people. So what I've seen happen is that in terms of origination or you know even in the early stages of the sales process a lot of companies have had to adapt to, to a more digital means of reaching out to their customers say you know using uh, online conferences you know using many other different means of reaching their customers than they were used to before it's definitely been an enlightening session learning about the mobility landscape in singapore and I'd like to wrap up the discussion today by asking the three of you something a bit more personal. So maybe we'll start off with you first, Gilad. What is it about the future of mobility in Singapore that excites you most? And what is your personal mantra as a mobility advocate in the community? Well, so I would say that when it's come to Singapore itself, uh, what is exciting about it is that Singapore is, is actually becoming one of the center pillars. I think I mentioned it before earlier in my conversation, but this is true. Singapore it realized quite early on that future mobility, it's very democratic, meaning that those who are moving fast, those who knows how to implement properly will win the race. So the same as we saw in China, that China, for example, realized very early on that the new oil is actually battery technology. And about 70 to 80% of all world's battery is coming from China. The same goes also to Singapore. The Singapore realized that those who will first implement and see autonomous and real connected vehicles, a real infrastructure for electric vehicles on its road will win the race. Is actually holding the new gold or the new oil for the future world. So it's very exciting to be at the cradle 
where all of these uh, new technologies and innovative ideas are going to come from. Now, my, my mantra to the startups in Singapore is something that I also mentioned before. You are based in one of the best places to start mobility company. You got the best infrastructure. You got wide support network. Don't be afraid. I mean, the fact that there is no uh, real mobility history in Singapore, that Singapore never manufactured the uh, vehicles, hardly manufactured vehicles in the past, doesn't mean anything. The world of new mobility is for those who know to uh, harvest data, for those who know how to uh, implement new technologies in the new computer on wheels. So don't be afraid, take the risk. You've got here excellent, excellent infrastructure and connection to the rest of the world. Uh, and you can definitely become a global player from Singapore. Hey, fantastic. That's great to hear, Gilad. And Axel, I wanted to hear from you as well. What exactly is about the future mobility in Singapore that excites you? And what is your personal mantra as a mobility advocate? Hmm. Yeah. Um, so what really excites me about Singapore is, is the potential that Singapore has to advance a lot faster than you know a lot of countries out there. And why I think Singapore has a lot of potential is uh, we have a vision, an, an ambitious vision that's been set out. Uh, we also have good governance, we've got good infrastructure. I think Singapore is very well positioned to innovate and move quickly in terms of the future of mobility. Now, as a, as a personal mentor, um, you know, I've always felt that mobility is an important and essential part of people's lives. So to anyone out there who's looking to innovate, I would say that um, it is a good space to innovate in. You would be able to, to make people's lives better. Uh, you also would be able to make people's lives safer. And I think that's a very good uh, outcome to have. And Daniel, rounding up today's conversation, what is, what is it about the future of mobility in Singapore that excites you most? And what is your personal mantra as a mobility advocate? I am personally very excited about how technologies such as AI, computer vision, autonomous and robotics are starting to find genuine and impactful use cases in mobility and help deliver the fundamental promise of transporting people and goods from point A to point B safer, faster and more seamlessly than ever before. Okay, and uh, Daniel, if I may ask as well, what's your personal mantra as a mobility advocate? Uh, Well, I would say that, you know, For startups that are looking to get into the mobility space, keep trying and always keep thinking about how the conditions could continue to evolve, the operating environment could continue to evolve. Pandemics will come and go, but fundamentally, it really is about delivering on the promise of transporting people and goods from point A to point B, safer, faster, and more seamlessly than ever before. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. I'd like to thank our guests, Daniel, Gillard and Axel for their valuable insights regarding Singapore's approach towards being a global leader in the future of mobility. In the meantime, if you want to comment on this podcast or the topics covered, you can send us an email at cpodcasts at deloitte.com. That's spelled S-E-A podcasts at deloitte.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to get the latest episodes. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud and Stitcher. I am Dishoff and until next time. Music